And it's time to say good morning to Nadir Token, analyst at 24-7 Investment Managers. Morning, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners. Now, Nadir, uh, let's start by taking a look at Apple's results. Um, the, the report, uh, they, they actually reported um, a record third quarter uh, set of results there yesterday. Yeah, Sakina, you know, despite the very impressive set of numbers, the market seemed to be very unimpressed. So they were expecting much better numbers to come out. And uh, in fact, iPhone sales fell about one and a half million units short of what Wall Street had expected for the second quarter. So Wall Street pricing in about uh, 49 million uh, units of the iPhone sold during the second quarter. And the number came in at about 47 and a half million uh, iPhones. And we see now iPad sales continuing to lag. And we see the market... uh, um, continuously, uh, continuously spe- skeptical about uh, the launch of the Apple Watch. You know, with Apple refusing to release the number of units sold uh, since they launched, uh, launched the watch during the course of the of, of the second quarter. Um, you know, they haven't provided any sort of indication as to numbers there, and not saying much besides that uh, numbers of uh, the, the the Apple Watch sold exceeded the same number for the iPad and um, the iPhone when at, at the same time after being. Launched. So the market remains very skeptical about the success of the, of the iWatch. But, uh, you know, if we break down some of the numbers, Sakina, we see a 33% increase um, in revenues to $49.2 billion. We see as a 45% increase in earnings per share to around $1.85 a share. Um, you know, so it's some impress- an impressive set of numbers. And if we take China, Sakina, that's obviously been the area of our largest growth. We see um, more than a doubling in revenue from China, and that really comes on the back of an 87% surge in iPhone sales from China. And, you know, they still they, they, they mentioned that, uh, you know, they've just begun to scratch the surface. So there's a lot more upside from China. And, in fact, China has now pipped Europe as uh, the second largest contributor to revenue for Apple globally. And, uh, you know, it's poised to eventually take over the U.S. if it continues to grow at this rate. But all in all, Sakina, the, the, the market, you know, it's, it's it's such an interesting dynamic because despite such an impressive set of numbers, the market is still punishing Apple uh, shares in after in, uh, in after market trading, um, you know, eroding something like $60 billion from Apple's market cap uh, with a share price declining simply because, you know, the numbers were not as impressive as what Wall Street had expected. And, you know, that's really become the story of the day for the U.S. is that we're going to have to see really impressive growth numbers to uh, impress uh, the market and to continue to see a stock rally. So all in all, Apple's an impressive set of numbers, but not good enough according to, uh, you know, what the, what the street was expecting. Mm. And then um, those numbers that came out yesterday, and dear, and you were keeping an eye on us, uh, on them for us, the South African Reserve Bank leading indicator. Yeah, Sakina, you know, I think this is an interesting one because everybody is calling for an interest rate hike on Thursday, saying that inflation has begun to accelerate once again and the U.S. is talking about, the Federal Reserve is talking about hiking interest rates this year, as Janet Yellen testified to Congress last week. But I think it's not as clear-cut as that. And I think the leading economic indicator is yet another sign of, a, of the South African economy which is in dire straits. We saw um, a 3.4% decline in uh, the leading 
indicator year on year relative uh, to this time last year. And we saw a 1.7% decline in the leading economic indicator of uh, conditions in the economy in the future, month on month from April, from, um, April to May. So all in all, we're seeing another indicator that the South African economy is struggling. And if we look at the 10 components of this index that the Reserve Bank calculates, Sakina, seven of the 10 components contributed negatively, and uh, only three of the 10 components contributed positively. But more worrying, of the positive contributors, one was um, the, a, a commodity export index, which obviously ex- accelerated quite a bit relative to a year ago. But that's just due to low base effects because of the platinum strike last year when there was no production being exported. So, you know, that's just a low base effect rather than actual growth in the industry. And then the, the other a positive contributor was a widening of the interest rate spread. And what that means is that um, 10-year, 10-year bond yields are accelerating considerably above uh, the current repo rates. And that's generally it would be positive if it meant that um, we're going to see faster economic growth in the future and the economy being able to sustain higher interest rates. But really, I think um, it's not pricing in higher economic growth, but rather the fact that the Reserve Bank's hand is going to be forced to increase interest rates because of our inflation dilemma. So all in all, not a great number, Sakina. And, you know, we may, we may just see the Reserve Bank stave off an interest rate increase uh, for, one, or for one more meeting or have a very shallow interest rate hiking cycle because the economy, um, even according to their uh, indicators, both lagging, leading and coincident, is really battling. Mm. And uh, before I let you go, just a quick one. What's your view on the Everest Highfeld steel, um, the fact that they've halted production in South Africa? Yeah, Sakina, I think it's really testament to how the resource sector is battling. I mean, we've seen uh, commodity prices coming under the cost globally. We see platinum under $1,000 an ounce. We see gold coming under significant pressure. And iron ore, which is very material to the production of steel, um, has, come out, uh, has, come off about, has come off about 50% in the last 12 months. Now, you know, we have to take a trip down memory lane to understand why Everest Highfield Steel finds themselves in this position. Just after the... Or during the financial crisis, the Chinese government attempted to prop up economic growth by investing massively in infrastructure in the economy. So they built what we now refer to as ghost cities, simply to, uh, to, to, to basically um, invest in infrastructure and stabilize economic growth within the world's second largest economy. So they spent something like $2 trillion um, on infrastructure spend, which is a massive number, which obviously demanded a significant amount of commodity or resource demand and a significant amount of steel, which is the business Everest Highfelt is in. Um, subsequent to that point, um, you know, during the third plenum of, 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 the, of the Chinese government um, just a couple of years ago, they mentioned that they're going to be transforming the source of Chinese economic growth and it's no longer going to be infrastructure-led economic growth but rather consumption-led. And that resulted in commodity prices coming under pressure um, you know, and, and, and local producers, in addition to commodity prices coming under pressure, were severely strained by cheap Chinese imports uh, dumping on the South African market in terms of steel. In fact, South Africa is one of the only markets globally that didn't have an import tariff on Chinese steel. So um, the local producers like ArcelorMittal, like Everest Highfelt, were plagued by reducing demand because of a slow in South African economy. And over and above that were plagued by cheap Chinese dumping. And, uh, you know, that, that's obviously resulted in a dire situation in, in, in the steel industry. 
And uh, they cited reasons like uh, uh, reduced working capital or very severely strained cash flow to not be able to meet short-term obligations and uh, have shut their South African plants which employs somewhere in the region of 4,000 people until we see either an improving in the steel market or we see, um, you know, a, 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 a suitor for the company which is willing to come and inject cash into the company. So, you know, it's just a, it's just basically a, mac, a microcosm of the broader uh, commodity sell-off and, commodity, and, and, and really speaking, um, you know, until we see iron ore prices increasing and until we see demand increasing, um, you know, which is unlikely because China is transforming their source of economic growth and South Africa is, is, is um, embattled in, in, in a low-growth environment because of ESCOM and other factors, we're unlikely to see an improving condition for the steel market, and, and, and Everett is indicating that.